welcome to Be Inspired, a podcast brought to you by Blue Balloon Theatre. I will be your host, Rebecca Fithian. I am the founder and artistic director of the company. And this podcast was set up uh, to essentially talk to a whole load of creatives from every corner of the industry. And today I am absolutely thrilled to be chatting to Tracy Gibbs. How are you, Tracy? I'm very well. Speaking to you from a an amazing little part of Scotland that I'd never been to in my whole born days up to see one of my oldest friends and having a lovely time so thank amazing. you good that's so good that is exactly what everybody needs right now it's just like a break away isn't it yeah see air yeah bit of sea air sorts you right out <laughs> oh dear well I mean, I know you fairly well, I would say, Um, but for the listeners and people watching on YouTube that maybe don't know who you are uh, and who you are as a creative, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Lala. (laughs) Um, I I think I've fully accepted and taken on the term polymath now after all these years. I think, um, yeah. Um, Well, obviously we met at Lipper when, um, previous to Lipper for her, 25 plus years, been a professional photographer. Um, alongside that, working in advertising and commercial and stuff, I, I started with film. Okay, just saying. Um, alongside that, being a professional belly dancer and belly dance teacher and belly dance agent. Yeah. Festival organiser, you know. Bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then 2016... Um, made the decision to go to school um, and went to Lippa to study theatre and lighting for performance. Graduated there, look, the last, I mean, the last before, the, the, last, gen, the last graduation, 2019, um, got a cheeky first. Yeah, um, you did. Yeah, you'd have thought, Maya, who knew? Um, had three glorious years of learning and fun. Um, and then 20, start, starting to get work, I, I won an award as well with my video design. Who knew? And that's kind of where I was going. <clears throat> um, I did a show in December. I did a show in, in December at Lambda. And then I was just in a period of R&D for another show when, as we know, <clears throat> the world fell in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a little wobble, big wobble, a huge wobble. Um and then 2020, C19 has seen another Tracy emerge. Uh, look, at, I, I, at the beginning, obviously, I had that crash and burn. And then what was a quite remarkable thing, and I think Manchester and the MIF in particular, Mark and John, from the first week, started doing these drop-ins every day. Oh, wow. On Zoom, every day, 1pm, John and Mark Ball, John McGrath, John Mark Ball, and it was just an amazing support thing. And then these sort of grew into bigger things. And they've kind of carried on and then they became every two weeks. And that was a support. And then via Twitter, go always keep your eyes on Twitter, kids. There was opportunities starting to appear of free stuff. As, and I was like, well, what else am I doing? And Creative <laughs> England put out a thing for, um, it was a creative boot camp in virtual reality. Which I'd never touched, and I applied and I got on, and they sent a headset and we had the headset for two weeks and they loaded it with all this creative stuff, no games, not yeah, <laughs> and I was blown away, absolutely blew me socks off, 
and just the whole creative thing. And then next, um, tell me if I'm going too fast. There's so oh, much. No. Um, Carry on. Well, then I had a night. Then then I did the boot camp, and it was June last year. Those who know me through Lipper, I'm not very technical. Like, I mean, I'm not like, oof, look at that fixture. It's a swords. It's for Tracy. There are pointy ones, <laughs> non pointy ones, and mover weavers. <laughs> okay. Never really got on the whole, like, Phew. I mean, I love light. Light is my thing, but that bit. Um, I started sketching, but I always used to sketch all my ideas. And anyone who knew, so when I started like designing a show, now, even now, I sketch, I sketch, I sketch. The computer's the last thing I want to touch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I started sketching out this idea and I drew the logo, Hoyo. And it was based on, um, in the May, we'd gone down to see my mum for the first time since it all, in Birmingham and obviously you couldn't touch you couldn't anything and it was a bit like all a bit odd and weird and then I started hearing research hearing all these things about these new terms being used like skin hunger and how it was really affecting the young professionals living on their own who okay. all of a sudden six months hadn't had human contact and the research started to get deeper in it about the, the power of touch and stuff so I started drawing this idea and it was for a combined real performance um with puppets, recreating hugs, but then using virtual reality to experience the hug in haptic technologies, oh. you, making a shawl. So you'd watch these hugs and you'd feel the, the, the hug. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> I don't know. So I started all this research and I'm kind of doing things. Next thing I know, uh, after talking to a few people and like John McGrath, as well, he was brilliant, gave me a bit of time to just discuss this. I was like, I've got this idea. And he was like, make it small. <laughs> Don't go too big. R&D can go if it's too big. Yeah. I put in an Arts Council bid because obviously the Arts Council last year wiped out that need for, for um, match funding. Yeah. Um, and, I, and then I got support from Bruntwood as, for a space. And all the and next thing I know, I'm writing my first arts council bid, and I got the money. Oh my god! <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah. And then with my team, another couple of Lipper alumni. I mean, I had five Lipper alumni on it in the end, which was great to be able to give people work. Yeah, definitely. In this this world, I, I've designed these airbags and just wonderful research, wonderful people. These airbags that design sit on the body and then. We use theatre programming and the air goes in and out. So we, we modulate. And then we were supposed to get together and it got delayed and delayed by the second lockdown. So then in March, we got together for a week and we devised the stories. Then on the Wednesday, we filmed them in 360. And then the Thursday, Friday, we worked on the haptics. And um, it worked. Ah, yes. Feel this on my YouTube channel, you can see young Sasha Gilmore, my designer who worked with me on the puppets and stuff. She went in first. And then you can you can actually watch the 360s and we created a binaural soundscape as well. And they're all up on the YouTube channel. So if you've got a headset, you can watch them without that. Um, so that was astounding. And then had the sharing, um, where are we? May, beginning of May and invited guests and... That's then now triggered. I put in a an I don't know, I, don't know, I can't. I put in an application for DYCP. Get me, Ooh. and I've got that. Oh. So now I'm working on. I've got time to now research. 
and get ready to try and get the next stage of funding to try and make Hoyo because at the moment there's an air compressor in another room <laughs> Do you know I, yeah 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 so that but yeah and then lucky you know touch wood touch touch camphor i've actually picked up some shows which is amazing i still have to go like this is yeah. this actually happening um and i've done two little shows at manchester school of theater which yeah. were both filmed lighting and that was a bit scary because i hadn't done it since 2019 which is a bit odd. And I'm designing the video design for a show at Liverpool Playhouse. Oh, my God. So, like, it's Are you gone allowed from... to say which show that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Liverpool. It's on at the end of July. And it's based on the digital thing they did during lockdown of people writing love letters to a city. Oh, wow. And this is now being fleshed out into a beautiful, really personal. And quite a lot of the people who have written it are in it. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of custodian of joy is how I like to think of myself for this because yeah, yeah. there's, there's no set. There still has to be social distancing, so the, the projections forming quite a big part, and we put a public call out. Part of my creative was I, I really wanted the people of Liverpool to send me their stuff, so now I've got this huge pool of imagery of that glorious Liverpool light. So now I'm working on. So, yeah, it's gone into the next stage now. There's been a lot of research, and now I'm like, mm, okay, playtime. <laughs> oh, that's the best bit, isn't it? Yeah. Playtime is the best bit. Totally. Oh, so, God. yeah, I've, I mean, I, I was on the floor. I seem to be not on the floor. Feel very fortunate for that. And, and yeah. it's found a new path of creativity into a world I would never... I mean, virtual reality and haptics. I mean, what? I'm 55. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though, like... I, I just love how you're very passionate about what you do. It, it's it's so clear. I remember the first time I met you, I was like, she is incredibly passionate about this. I mean, what? let's backtrack a little bit. What made you want to go to Lippa to do that course? Because obviously spending that long doing photography, mm. you know, you, I, I would imagine you were quite established by that point. You knew what you were doing and... What made you want to take that next step? Oof. Well, having survived several recessions. Um, <laughs> hello, I'm that old. Yeah, even the triple. That wasn't a triple. It was just a slowdown. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd done the bit. I'd had the studio. I had a ma massive studio. I had the assistant. Blah, blah, blah. And then in 2010, the world, you know, that world. And... It, there's something that was that had changed for me in that last few years of, of when I started with film. We got to light things because you had to light things well because it was film. One, it, it its parameters of how it handled light was very different from a digital camera. Money. I used to shoot 5.4. Quite, I used to do a lot of room sets and stuff, so you'd be shooting plate camera. Okay. It hadn't changed, you know, yeah, it was like five by four film. So you, you had to do a Polaroid and then you'd look at the Polaroid, show the client and they go, yeah, that's right, tick. And you do like five sheets of film. You didn't shoot 30,000 million digital images and go, yeah, it's fine, we'll do it post-pro. So that bit of it was the bit I used to you know, lighting things and spending like two days lighting something and, you know. And in the digital age, gradually, 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 the photography was becoming less this time on this machine more mm. 
And it just wasn't really... I, I mean, yeah, I was doing it, but it was... I was like, oh, yeah, really? That it? Not really oh, getting off on it as I did. But the belly dance me got involved with the Turkish dancer and he, he, he asked me to, like, do produce this show. And we advertised, and it was a lot of my dance students were in the show and they paid to learn the, the show and stuff. So I produce it and I produce some other shows for the a company back in the night called the Belly Dance Superstars, which was set up by Miles Copeland. Now you're way too young, but your mum and dad might know who that is. He was the manager of the police. And, and in the 90s, he decided to start a belly dance troupe in America. Of course, the Belly Dance Super, you know, very American title. Yeah. So this Turkish choreographer, Ozgen, asked me to produce the show and I found the venue, the glorious Z Arts in Hume, which oh, I... beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then he sent me through, he'd just done it in Japan and he sent me through the whole kind of like store lighting thing that they'd done in Japan. And I'd been like, because I was there at every rehearsal because I was producing it and stuff. And I was like, I can do better than that. So I got all the music and the thing and I was like, I'm going to make it dark and side and bleh, bleh. And, and then I use some of my imagery as projection because I, I go back and forth to Egypt quite a lot. So then we have one day in the theatre because obviously I booked it on the minimum, you know, one day. And I had this lovely young girl tech in the thing and I didn't know, pointy ones, not. I was like, so we were going through it and I was like, well, I want it like this and I've got my image and can you make it more? Woo. And, and great, we got a good audience. A load of the Turkish communities supported it as well. It was a lot about Turkish folk dance in it, and we had some folk dancers and a dervish dancer from the local community. And people were talking about it afterwards because belly dance shows in this country traditionally hadn't been that well lit. And it and people were talking about it and it, it and I got the pictures back and it stuck in my head. Next thing I know, I'm googling lighting designer course. <laughs> and there was an open day in June. Look at that. June must be the thing, Rebecca. There was an open day at Lippa. Next thing I know, I found myself there in the big room with all these parents and MFW doing a blue, 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 blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I haven't got any kids. And then next thing I was in the room, smaller room with Richard Redrock and all these parents and their little kids. And they're like looking at me going, where's your kid? <laughs> and I'm like, and he's talking about the course. And then you could go and have a chat with him downstairs in the canteen. So I just sort of went and sat with him and I was like, so, Mr. Redruff, <clears throat> is there room in this industry for a woman of my age? I am not 22, I'm 52, 53 or something, 52 I was then. And he's like, I was like, so what it is, mate? And I got my phone out and chatting to him and I went, I've just done this show and I showed him some pictures and he went, can you come in September? Oh, wow. He gave me an unconditional offer then and there. And I was like, Came out, went home to my husband. I was like, um. <laughs> and he went, you have to do it, don't you? And I went, yeah. So then I had two weeks to do the whole UCAS, get the student loan, because I had no money. I mean, you know, this wasn't a vanity degree. This was like, yeah, yeah this wasn't like Housewives of Cheshire got a bit of time on your hand going to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, whoa, this is three years full time. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I had two weeks to sort that lot out because I was going out to photograph a dance festival in Cairo and did it. And then there you go. September, I turned up and then got very scared on the first show going, what have I done? <clears throat> oh, my God. With all you kids, it was madness. Yeah. yeah. 
So I think you mentioned this before, but it was your the first show that you worked on was yeah. Roberto Zucco, yeah. which was the show that I was casting, and that was my that would have been my third year. Yeah, um, that was absolutely crazy. Uh, I just remember having so much respect for you because you you were so like I mean I know I said it before you're very passionate, but you knew exactly what it was you wanted, and I think to have that level of focus no matter what age you are within this industry is I mean it's exactly what you need to succeed I think well love actually yeah. passion I think I think <clears throat> I didn't I don't I knew I wanted to be a licensee. I knew I wanted light and stuff yeah um I'd never I'd, I mean I was so scared I nearly ran away so many times I had the wrong lunchbox <laughs> you know I mean it was like I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know how. I was like, I thought, what? Well, you talk to these lecturers. It's sir. Like, I am going to, you know. And yeah. oh no, I nearly ran away a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. That first term, yeah. It was just like, what have I done? And then, yeah, I mean, and very much like the passion of being with in that environment, the passion you all had and have was infectious. Yeah. And what you had was passion without baggage. Does that make you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, like, no, that makes complete sense. No baggage, no, you know, almost failed, but you know, got three recessions, you just about survive, or you know, insecurity and imposter syndrome. Oh, I'm not a good enough photographer. You were just like, Wah! and that was just like, and it was like, I can do this, Wah! you know. <laughs> we were a little bit like that, especially our year group. My God. Um, no, that's it, it's really interesting actually hearing about your experience of like getting into Lipper because I didn't know any of that. But like, how how was it for you as a mature student within uh, within a, a drama school setting? Like, obviously, you've touched upon it a little bit within the first term. You wanted to run away from it because it. I imagine it must have been like quite overwhelming. But how how did it develop over the three years? Yeah, I mean, that, that whole first, I mean, there is that first morning where your year is all in a room. And that, I mean, they were, you know, I mean, come on, let's face, you know, my, my cohort, I mean, we weren't massive either. They were like 19, you know, like literally oh, wow. like, you know, 19, 20. The mature student in the room, I think, was 24. And then there's me. <laughs> but I think the nature of the course the nature of, of uh, especially that first year on the course, the designers and technicians, I was on the technician side. They didn't have lighting. To study lighting design at Lippy, you're on the technician, not the designer. The designer side is like sets and costume. And like, so you're, you're kind of there. So I was with all the boys in the shorts with the wrenches and stuff. And they'd all been doing this shit since they were like 11. And, you know, I was it. But in that first... I think the first sort of two terms very quickly because I did do the working at height. I went up the ladder on the shows and focused a thing. My, it, 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 I, it was irrelevant. I was just Tracy. Yeah. That was it. It was never a thing. I mean, in the second year, I did become maybe a bit of a mummy to a few like wobbles and stuff. But and that was fine. Yeah. And that's been payback because doing the first show at MST, I was... I lost, I was so scared and I'm phoning them. 
having a, I don't know how to focus the light. I don't know. I don't know. Tracy, you can do this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, so yeah, that yeah. paid off. Um, and I think just being very, uh, like, I was there. I didn't half there. I was there, there. Yeah. And and then very keen to share and and share what I, my knowledge and stuff. And I think then very much have it like Sophia, as we know, the lecture in lighting. I mean, she was really, you know, really helpful in that kind of like, ah, oh, you, you, in that second year you specialise. So like the first term in the second year was just really like, you know, less tech and more with like Sophia and just yeah. go on and do something. Okay. <laughs> but you couldn't, you couldn't hide. Um, I think one of the most that, that, I mean, here's a tale. I think one of the most intriguing things, I think I think I, from maybe some of the technical staff was a bit of like, I, I probably had more from that side. I mean, the canteen, it wasn't until nearly the end of my second year they actually figured out I was a student and started giving me a discount. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, what? Kieran, I'm oh, a student. God. Right, on that side, you know, but the secure all me, I mean, they were all my mates. They all got to know me. I mean, I was, I know, I'm, um, but the, 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 I'm just making sure nobody can hear this. You're not broadcasting it. My, my forever memory on my graduation, I mean, here's, and there were times during, the, in my years at Lipper, I'd walk past him in the corridor and, and MFW kind of give me a look of like, do I know you? Have I employed you? Yeah. Like when I, on the stage, but no, I'm a blast. The staff are brilliant. Um, you get the bow, because I got a first, and then I got the handshake, and he went, oh, he said, I thought you worked for me. I was like, no. And that was just hilarious. I was just like, so, in, you know what I mean? It was yeah, more yeah. On, the, on the, not on the student side at all, my, on the cohort. Yeah. You no, know, I was just chasing. There was that's no... That's amazing. Yeah. That's what you want, isn't it? Like, I guess that's what anybody wants, is sort of... A, a safe space when they're training and learning and exploring what it is they Inclusive. want to do. Yeah. Of whatever yeah. age, of wherever you're from, there's no, you know, it's like I really get, I mean, I did see me ask at the beginning, there were a lot of Zooms at the beginning, a lot of things coming out at the beginning of the lockdown. Emerging. Emerging does not sit with young. Mm. Okay. Yes. The two aren't inclusive. Yes. You can emerge at any time in your life. As many times as you like. Yes. Says Tracy, 4.5 Arts Council, DYC, <laughs> reacting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, this whole emerging equating with youth, I think, really needs to be yeah. thrown out. I, I, I think completely that, agree. Um, I've, like, I've never used that term. And there's a reason for that because there's a lot of actors. Uh, I mean, I'm an actor myself, so that's why I say actors, but there's a lot of actors and creatives that I know who've come into it when they've been much, much older. And I'm like, great. Like, that just means that you've come into it a little bit later. Like, I wouldn't say that I'm an emerging actor just because I'm young and, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. exactly what you've said. It, you can emerge into this industry at any point in your life, Absolutely. however many times. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we need to say it louder for the people at the back, to be honest, and just ha hammer it in there. Do you know what I mean? But um, and the jobs I've done, I mean, you know, the jobs I've done like this year, March, March, and you know, MST, I was dead straight. I was just went, to, you know, when I went in there, I mean, I was, and what when we were doing the R and D with Hoyo, 
keep saying to my team, we have to be gentle with ourselves doing this. We haven't used this part of our brain and this neural path of creativity for a long... You can't go from zero to 200 and not fall over. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to really look after this and your how your, your anxiety... Don't don't expect to be able to do everything the same speed, and why should you? And that was like in the first show, I was like very much when I went in there, like with the guys programming that, and I was like, don't expect me to be quick. I have to find the language again. I have to retrain my eyes. Yeah. This isn't you know, and especially like with for recent graduates, I think that's the thing to take forward to the industry now. The last like three four years of graduates. That knowledge and it's 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 proven science. You get stuff. It comes into this part of your brain when you're learning, mm -hmm. and then it has to go here. And it's not till it's gone here that it becomes solidified. Yeah. So it becomes that natural. So we're still processing. You know, if we graduate 2019, 18, 20, COVID's completely shafted that. This stuff hadn't settled. It hadn't gone here. So I think there's a whole couple of years of, of graduates in the creative industries that need to just be a bit gentle. Yeah. And the theatre industry be gentle to itself and those coming through. Even experienced programmers and experienced theatre technicians are going back in, they're going, ooh, okay. Okay. Where's that muscle gone? Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It You've reminded me of, uh, I was recording a podcast earlier today as well, and we were talking about um, the sort of, there was a little bit of toxic positivity going on uh, on social media when lockdown first hit, and people were like, you know, let's stay creative, you have to stay creative in this time, and I, I just disagreed with it completely. Yeah. I, I know for me personally, being creative was an outlet. I did it quietly in the comfort of my own home where, you know, I might edit something, I might sing something, I might read a play, but I didn't broadcast that to the world because that was my way of coping with what was going on. Mm. Um, and what you were just saying there sort of reminded me of that because, you know, we had so much time where we had no idea what was going on we were just doing what we could each day. And for a lot of us, we didn't do the thing that we were most passionate about for a very long time. Mm. And you're completely right. Now is the time to be kind to ourselves and to our minds and say, like you said, we can't go for, from naught to 200 in. Can't. You just can't. can't. Um, and it's unhealthy. Yeah. And it was intriguing. I was on a, um, a, a Zoom thing, Hub Balance Talks. They're brilliant. I can thoroughly, they saved my brain. There's a new website and they've launched a website based on the Hub Balance Talks that with Mind Apples hmm. that I went, they were all free. There's another one next Friday on surviving the imposter syndrome. I thoroughly recommend that one. <laughs> Sits hand in hand with creative and theatre. Yeah. There's no no true creative has an, an over overzealous imposter syndrome gene. Ooh. You know, part of the joke is just... Um, but there was someone on that and she actually came up with the most wonderful term for this. And I, I think we're not out of it. You know, this whole like 21st of June, you know, let's all go back to normal. We're, we're now in a period of restoration. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, it's back slowly. 
and maybe leaving some of the stuff that wasn't so great behind. But absolutely in that period, that for March, April, May, it wasn't so I, I did I, I could I I was too busy firefighting. I was a jolly paid up member of the excluded UK club. No government help. And being told I was vulnerable, stay at home, do not collect two hundred pounds. You know, it's just like <laughs> uh, you know, it's just like really. Um, and my solace was walking. Yeah. And the allotment. And that's all we did. We went to the allotment every day, and just having my hands in the earth, and that was it. That was all I could do. I, I couldn't do. I couldn't do creativity. I couldn't go off and go. Oh, I'm going to learn a language, or I'm going to create a new masterpiece. No. No. no, I agree completely. I was the same. I think I found probably the third lockdown the hardest because we'd done the first one. No one had a clue what was going on, so we just had to do what we could. Mm. And the second one hit and I was like, oh, okay, I feel a bit rubbish, but let's just stay sort of sane by doing whatever we can, sort of similar to the first. And then the third one came and I was like, right, how many more? how many more and I found that was when I dipped mm. uh, massively but everyone is slightly different everyone at some point has struggled um during during lockdown and even in the last few months where things have gradually opened up bit by bit and it's that thing of oh my god I can actually go out now but I'm anxious to yeah um but you know it's it's We'll, we'll get past it eventually. Um, yeah. Something that I was going to ask is, I know we kind of t- uh, talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, but when was that turning point in lockdown for you where things started to become a little bit more creative and, like, do you know what I mean? The boot camp, when, I, when the sketch pad came out, and because uh, one of the other things that really helped me, again, through Hub, about the the hub that down in Sirencester or the the new website is aimed at creatives. It's free, it's free, <laughs> um, full of go and sign up if you're feeling a bit wobbly. There's be- and it's all like the recording tips from the things. Um, one of the initiatives they set up um, was an action learning set. Escorty dogs, Portland, um. And it was an action learning group, again, aimed at creative industries. And I applied for that and I got on it. And for eight weeks, we were facilitated and also learning how to be an action learning set. I'd never encountered this kind of thing before. But to have somewhere, again, a very safe space to actually go, I have an issue. And then to be encouraged to think it through your own self was starting to empower my my. my my hole again yeah does that make sense yeah it does um but yeah it was very much that up until that sketch pad came out and tracy drew and i drew the logo first and when i drew that now because i'd been thinking about how i knew i wanted it to be about embrace and hugs without using hoogie or anything swedish <laughs> and it was just the beauty of the word hoyo which is japanese for embrace and the way the japanese culture has a thing about no touch but when touch is there, it's highly valued. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And just at that moment in time in the June, you know, where we were, and it was just that 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 was when it started. Yeah. So that was March, April, May, June. It was a good four months of. Yeah. No, no. 
and then luckily <clears throat> that I had diggly squit else, but that occupied my time to make that happen. Yeah. Research. So, you know, that June then through to like September when I put the bid in was uh, my little bit of restoration healing time, you know, because there yeah. was, I still had nothing, little tiny bits of photography and luckily some help from the family, otherwise it would have been, because I had no, no furlough here, no, no, no universal, one unit, two you because of course I'm married. Yeah. You don't get judged on yourself if you're married. Anyway, <laughs> selling kit on eBay. I mean, like a lot of people, it was like, okay, what can I sell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're going. You're going. Um, yeah. So then, like October. So and then, the third lockdown. That what that's what really saved because that's when I was getting really busy with Hoyo, because oh, okay. we'd had the money from the Arts Council, so I could actually start to action things. Mm -hmm. So even though we were all working remote and using like Miro board to communicate and Slack, I had all my team on Slack. We were still able to create stuff in our independent bits. So I was kind of overseeing this kind of, you know, everyone remote, but then we'd all get together, you know, and communicate. And then I'd kind of go up to the engineers up in Chorley and we'd blow up bags with an air compressor to test the pressure in his garage, socially distanced, of course. Um, so I had I had that occupying me. So that was, that was, so the third one was actually the easiest for me. Yeah. That I was busy, you know. Yeah. I yeah. was busy with with stuff. Yeah. And interviewing crazy academics about touch. And did you know most of the receptors that respond to touch are in your ear? Are they? I know. Who <laughs> knew? That's insane. Total. Oh my god. So yeah, all sorts. Of, but that's the new. I mean, the new project. I mean, there's further projects now I've got in my head following the DYCP, which are air. But it's all about air and haptic. And I want to create. For me, it's about creating sensual, slow haptic experiences. Rather than, oh, I've been hit by a snowball. Oh, yeah. I've been punched. I mean, again, I'm not in, it's more about the holistic side. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Um, I'm like, I, I want you to tell me more, but I'm also like, I can't wait for this to happen so I can come and experience it myself. Um, that's so cool. Um, I'm keen to ask this question because you're, you're very much like me in that you, once you do one thing that sort of inspires you in some way or stimulates you, mm. that has a knock-on effect massively. Mm. And it'll sort of take you down different avenues where you discover new things and you want to try new things and new ideas arise. What or who inspires you as a creative? And yeah, well, there you go. That's the question. <laughs> well, I mean, one of my, my graces, and it's all down, it's all Sophia's fault, um, is is um, Bob Wilson. Okay. Theatre director, the American theatre director, lighting designer, installation artist, furniture designer. I mean, what? And, and he set up the centre in America as well, um, the, 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 where um, actors and performance groups that can apply to come and do. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. What intrigues me about him is he's also possibly very much a polymath. Um, his backstory, if you, I mean, I based my dissertation on him as well because oh, cool. his use of the cyclorama and light is the summit going on there that is extremely powerful. 
um, very much him. Um, some of the like the architects, architects fascinate me as well. I find because I think architects are another breed that will look at like nature. You know, you think about, bless her, we lost her, Zahia Hadid, the amazing female architect. And you look at some, I went to one installation of hers at a previous MIF that was, it felt like folded paper and it was based on taking something of folded paper that then became architecture. And you're like, how did you do that? <laughs> how do you take this and you make it this? That fascinates me. Yeah. Um, Olaf Olofsson. The environmental artist, I find he's because he uses light and he uses light in an emotional way to trigger emotional reactions. And I find that truly. So it's kind of quite, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, but I don't, but yeah, I mean, this week it's Bob Will. No, but it's like quite a lot of Bob Will. Yeah, I find yeah, yeah. He did like video portraits and there's a really amazing one with Lady Gaga. Oh, wow. What if you watch it on YouTube and yeah, yeah. the stuff you did with the Berlin? I think because it's very stylized. I'm a bit. And then, like from back in the day, the the thing that got me into photography um, was going to see a film, um, a Peter Greenaway film. He's one of our greatest directors. Yeah, yeah. That is totally undervalued. Sorry for saying he's still with us, he, and he's an artist. His drawings and stuff are really interesting. Um, and it was his film, The Draftsman's Contract. Beautifully stylized. And I, there's something about that in me that's like, ooh. <laughs> and brutalist architecture. I'm a big thing on architecture. I think that's a big influence on me just because yeah. there's something to make a drawing into a thing. How'd you do that? Yeah. And where'd you get the idea from? Yeah. Yeah. Where did yeah, you get that from? Fascinating, isn't it? Like that transition, what what must what yeah. ideas must they get for it to become real? It, it, it is it's like lighting design. I mean I was there the other week and I we were in te- and then there's that moment I'm like, oh I'll put the well, I I have a friend who helps me do the plan because I'm not very good at the software. What a surprise. Um, <laughs> some of our brains in this world are not meant for that world. Do you know what I mean? If they're yeah. non-linear, it's like, forget it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to stick. Yeah. I'll stop trying to make things stick. I think that's the other thing. I've actually cut myself some slack this last year and gone, because I was like, beginning of lockdown, oh, I've got to learn uh, programming, lighting more. There's all these courses. I, I should be, to be a lighting designer, I should be pro, no. No. I, I've learned that. This year's given me that, like, it, you, you're crap, Tracy. I mean, you really... <laughs> It would be shit if you were let loose on that. You'd be like, (laughs) seeing that moment going into plot focus and plot that first day, where these this one two dimensional drawing you've you've done, you look up and all your babies are there, and then you're turning these into light and pointing them and making them and do the things you want them to do, and that is just like, yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. Oh, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, no, I I mean, it's. I guess it's sort of the same. I can relate to that from an acting perspective. Getting the script. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Getting the, the script, doing that first cold read where you're like, oh. There's then, a bother there. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then gradually it becomes, 
you breathe life into it and it becomes a fully fledged show and it's yeah. incredible it's one of the most exhilarating feelings ever uh and you occupy that space and that was like the wonderful i'd never seen that at lippo i'd never before lippo i'd never seen that I'd, i mean i didn't know the language i got so much trouble because because you know a lot of you that went to lip you'd already done some theater whatever foundation yeah, yeah, yeah. i was i knew nothing you know, and they were like, people were like, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't speak to the director and this DSM and the SM. And I'm like, what? What? I, I, I don't know. Stage left. I mean, I still go now. Stage left is the wrong way. Yeah. No, I do the same thing, which is even worse because when the director goes, oh, can you move down stage right? I'm in the top corner of the stage. <laughs> You're like, you have to get, it's like, going, right, no, left, hand, yeah, where? Oh, yeah. I mean, all that bit. And so, for you guys, watching you guys take words into a three from a two dimensional to a three dimensional space, and then putting the emotion and the, the, the that into it, it was just like, wow, that's really cool. That's yeah. really cool shit. Yeah, we're like that. With I mean, I honest to God, if you were to put me in charge of lighting, I'd be like, right, well, let's turn the main light on <laughs> and turn it off. <laughs> that's literally what I would do. So it's the same for us watching what you do. It's, I, I mean, I'm fascinated by it because I am I really admire the lighting design of shows that I see. Um, mm. I'm always attracted to the light first before anything else. Um, if there's like sound or whatever, then that's another thing that it really catches my attention, probably because I'm very, like, that's how I learn best mm. is that, you know... Uh, through what I see and what I hear, uh, but yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, magic. It's magic. The whole experience is magic. Um, my final question, mm. uh, and I've well, actually, I've got two. <laughs> <laughs> the second to last question is: you've had quite an array of experiences uh, and jobs that have come and gone. Is there one that has really, really stuck with you that you've absolutely loved every second of? In which poly, in which do you remember? You won't remember Scare. There used to be a TV kids program called Scarecrow with John Pertwee. Okay. Where he's going to put a different head on. Right. Um, so there's a bit of head changing. I think what I'd like to add to that is is like you say. The, I think what I kind of brought that was a bit different is that breadth of experience, mm -hmm. which goes back to the emerging. I think saying anyone who's over thirty out there, go to university, go and follow your dream because what you've got with you is is stuff that you don't know is is an, is a bag of goodies. Yeah. And it's not until I went to Lippard that I realised that. Um, I'll give you the three then. Um, we'll start with the dancing me. Um, one of those was performing um, to a live orchestra in Cairo um, on a boat. That was 2015, so it's not that long ago. Uh, a show my mate, we worked and we, we did a show on the Nile Maxine with invited guests. Oh my God. And so I got to dance on a boat on the Nile with an orchestra. That was pretty cool. Uh, photography. I've had some, I've, I think one job and really uh, there's two, a bit too many on various, I, I mean, yeah, won awards, whatever. <sighs> don't mean anything. Um, I got to do for a little time the honorary degree photography for Liverpool University. Okay. So I used to be upstairs in the Royal Philharmonic photo photographing the grace and the good and stuff. 
And one of them, one time it was Elvis Costello and his wife. And that was really interesting watching all the academics go. <laughs> but there was one time and there were a couple of times that really stuck with me. And one was a chap, local Liverpool chap, uh, old, real old, a proper gentleman. Um, and he'd been responsible for setting up workers' pensions and stuff like that. And that, that was like, that felt, that felt a nice, a nice moment to be a photographer where you're um, doing a bit of that. Yeah. Some fun, exciting, glamorous jobs. I mean, I got another not probably good claim to fame in Manchester. I did the promo photo for when the Hacienda got turned into apartments. Oh. And it was turned into a massive a massive 40-foot hoarding that went over the front of the building. And there was me driving around and I just that's my image. <laughs> I, I made it. And then at the same time, I'm like, shit, I used to get a hacienda. I'm part of the, that's... Um, and then the photographer, uh, Lighty Me, um, um, I, I was very proud of Romeo and Juliet, my last, the, the big, you know, the one everyone wants, the third year dance show. Um and I just got to play. And I think that's one of the things we look... And I used to say to my, the kids, my, my cohort, all the time, stop moaning. Stop being so fucking serious. You, This is the time to play and experiment. When you get back out in the real world, you don't get that. No. So just play. Don't try and impress anyone. Don't try and be... Just go and get your imagination. Go play. If it looks great, great. If it don't, we've well, learned. So, yeah, Romeo and Juliet was kind of a cool moment. Amazing. Because I got, I got like, things flying and I got to make things out of parkans and I got to play it being a little bit like Bob Wilson. <laughs> Always a good thing. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so that was your penultimate. Yeah, and my final question uh, is for anybody that is listening to this podcast or watching... Uh, that maybe wants to get into this industry, uh, no matter what age they are, but perhaps they are a little bit older. Um, what advice do you have for those people based on your experience? Based on my experience, don't be shy. <laughs> <laughs> don't be shy. Don't get bogged down by, by uh, what you think it is. That, and that can be a bit harder when you're a bit older because your preconceived button is going, oh, no, oh, no, you don't have to prove yourself any more than. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite key. Um, and just be really honest about your strengths and weaknesses and have some passion. And I think that's, I'd have never got through that door if, if Mr. Redrop hadn't sensed that this bonkers woman was sitting there going, no, I'm really serious about this. I want a job doing this. I, you know, I don't just want to go and see the shit. I want to be lighting the shit, you know. But also be realistic in your, you know, what it is, what do you want to do with it? Yeah. That That's a, a key thing. And, and then just be open to where, I mean, there's a bit of like this new Tracy without Lipper doing this Hoyo with the haptics and VR would never have happened because I'd have been in that, rabbit hole of I'm a photographer that's what it is that's what I'm always going to be yeah do you know what I mean it it could be a transition to something else yeah amazing oh that's that you know what that is sound advice I think for anyone that's listening to this um I know I've certainly taken a lot away from from this chat 
most definitely it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today you too young lady i've missed you missed you that, that, oh, I've that, missed that. you too <laughs> oh dear um, uh, shall we share the zuka i mean uh, you know should we share the zuka my role because I was the grown-up in the room, because she was, the director was insane. I mean, a wonderful ball of energy. I did meet her in London. Loved her. L- yeah. Loved her. Bonkers. Crazy. <laughs> bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. So, and luckily the, the, lead, the young lead actor in this actually became naked, which I don't think is something that happens at Lipper very often. Um, so someone had to be backstage holding his robes and then having him back in his trousers. And all you have to say is you're at a certain height and you're, anyway. So for four or five nights, wherever it was, four or five performances, I was that person <laughs> behind. And I think possibly because of my age, I blushed less. <laughs> so I was like, there you go, mate. There you go. Thank you very much. There's your trousers. Off you go. So that, yeah, that was my, my first show at Lippa. And my husband was like, what are you doing? I'm like, wow. <laughs> Oh, God, what a story. <laughs> hey, babe. Well, listen, be well, be gentle, and um, let's Thank all come you. out of this, you know, gently. Restoration. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Tracer, again. And thank you to everyone that's listened, watched. Don't forget to follow us on all social media so that you can stay in tune. Uh, it, tune in and keep in, in the loop. Yeah. All the things, basically follow us on all the things and then you'll see what we're doing. (laughs) I will too. Amazing. Take care, Tracy. And you. Bye, Rebecca. Bye. Bye.